Yo, what up? This B Boy Rich. I'm DJ Butter, y'all. What up, though? And this funky fresh and fresh, fresh flash podcast. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we got the we when the, the show is named after this guy, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> the original MC Fresh, man. Detroit song right there, man. Thank y'all. Thank you for tuning in with us, man. For real. Oh, thank y'all for having yeah. me. Yeah, no doubt, man. So uh we, we want to talk about uh your impact on Detroit hip hop as a whole in 1989. Um, your single, I'm Civilized, came out um, on vinyl. You know, I remember going to the record stores and seeing it on the wall and was like, man, that's, that should be us. You know, me and my crew, you know, how hard it was to press up vinyl at that time, man. You know, talk about that experience at that time. Uh well, it's funny. Um, the watching straight out of Compton, it, it kind of mirrored um, our arc. Um, when we came out, we dealt with uh, Tom Gelardi, who was kind of like uh, 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 Jerry Heller. Um, we had a lot of the similar experiences, almost like watching watching us on on the film. Um, but um, just just coming out at that time, um really didn't know the business as well i mean i was well versed on um performing rights and and ascap bmi and all of that kind of stuff which was a good thing um but as far as just the promotional part of the aspect of it um we didn't realize that um things that moved away from just talent base to pay for play so we tried to infiltrate radio tried to infiltrate um different aspects of promotion there was always a price tag to it. So um, that was was kind of the shock. Um, you just think, you know, we in the studio, we making records, we at the disc, LTD doing our thing, and then we get ready to put it out, and then we just got these doors just smashing on us. So um, I, I got that point. Um, we did, you know, get some radio play, but it was more like second-tier radio, WGPR. You know, they had the things going on back then. Um, but as far as the impact, um, you know, I started rapping when I was probably 14, 15, um, in high school at Henry Ford, battle rapping and doing all that stuff that, you know, people find, uh, amazing today watching Eminem and 8 Mile, but we were doing that back in 83, 84, 85, mm. you know, so, um, that, that's pretty much, you know, how we started. And then, you know, as we progressed, um, I did that single. I was with Kenny Boom, um, Kenny Boom Records back then, and then I branched out on my own and did some some independent stuff. But um, it was it was cool. I was nineteen, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's dope. dope. Hey, so it sounded like you was you was like most of everybody that was rapping back then. We were so focused on like the creative part of it. Yeah, we didn't understand the business side yeah. of it. Yeah, right. Do you yeah. do you think it was like um because the one complaint we hear from a lot of Detroit artists was we just didn't have the guidance as far as the um mentors around us to tell us how the industry really worked. Right. Do you think that was something that may have held you back at the time? Oh, most definitely. I think uh the lack of big business acumen based on the promotions cuz I mean we 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 had the product uh, we had the way to get them into the stores. You know, we were at Angot, you know, we, but the, the main thing was the music industry back then was changing. We had the jukebox. You had all of that stuff um, later on, like in like the early 90s and stuff, late 80s, early 90s. 
And a lot of the independent uh, venues were closing out. The record companies were buying them out to keep control of the record industry. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like we we would see that, but we would see that at the at the at the front end and be like, wow, you know, we yeah. we, we wouldn't have spent all this money in the studio time and and practicing the product and all of that stuff, and now you're trying to sell it and you got all these roadblocks. So yeah. I just think um, we didn't prepare for that because, you know, right now to break a record is like 300,000, you know, somebody got to get 300,000. Wait, that price keep going up. Cause just a few episodes ago, somebody was like 200,000. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's three. If you, if you want it nationwide and, and oh, yeah. National, yeah. yeah. Wow. And then, you know, a, piece of that goes into the middleman hand because you can't even talk to the man unless you got the middleman and it's, yeah. it's, it's, right. it's madness. And then even on the local level with the DJ pools and all of that stuff, everybody got to get their hands greased. Ain't nobody just going to break your record because they like you, you know. So right. um, that was a, a, a wide, a rude awakening. But other than that, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a it was a wild run, man. It, it was cool. It had groupies and everything. It was all good. <laughs> you know, hey, you, the, you were sitting on that limousine, right? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, I thought y'all wanted to ride inside the limo. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, dope. Uh, they 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 had me put the, the the tuxedo on. I wanted to be hood, but they was right. like, nah, I put the tuxedo on. I'm like, all right. I put the tuxedo on. I'm supposed to be civilized. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, who was who was out? Who was out when you was out back then? What, what um, the the when we first came out, um, I know DJ Los and Easy B. They were like the first. Um, yeah. and you had like Prince Vince, um, yeah. Awesome Dre. They they got on priority, which I thought would have been a good break for for Detroit. But then you know there was some politics going on with NWA and all of that stuff. So that was a whole different story. Um, so then Chaos and Maestro came out like right when we did. So, um, we had, you know, AWOL, we had some, you know, AWOL had that demo, the, uh, the No Deal, uh, EP was out when we were out at that time. It came out in like 90. So we were out with, with pretty much, you know, some, some good guys, Amir, the Merciless, all them guys. So they yeah. without a rhyme, all of that. So, um, but DJ Los and Easy B. And Prince Vince probably were like the first first ones, and then Smiley and all of them came along. Detroit's most wanted, so we had some pretty good pretty good groups. Right. Hey, tell me something. I I asked Los this too. Like one of the common complaints or one of the excuses radio used to give us um, Detroit artists was, "Oh, the quality not that good." Right. But then, yep. you know, fast forward a couple years later, we start hearing all this down south stuff getting played on the radio, and the quality wasn't that much better, right? Yeah. What, yeah. what do you think, other than just the politics of it, do you think y'all sound was up to par for radio? Well, I think the sound, because we, we, you know, DJ, you know, uh, Los and Easy B, uh, Maestro, all of them, our, our sound quality was, was, Top top notch. I mean, we okay. had our stuff mixed and compressed and all of that. So it wasn't the quality. Um, that was just you know when when somebody don't want to do something, they'll come up with a million excuses. Um, I bet you that quality would have improved a lot better if, if some money had changed hands. Yeah, I can that, tell you that. that. That big machine. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I will say this, and 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 I didn't like realize this until um, later, 
like when the Blade Ice was, you know, Trick Trick been out for a while too, you know, when he was with Click Boom Records, him and Click Boom before Click Boom um, passed. But um, you had all of these artists, um, and I didn't realize, and I, I think Detroit kind of got his own sound when the second tier um, wave of rappers came, you know, when Blade and, and all of them came along. I think then there was that, that Detroit type style, you know, with Rock Bottom and Herc and all of them, they they got a certain sound that that you can kind of relate to Detroit. I think early rappers back when we came out, I think you know we sampled more because that was that was the thing, um, and then we didn't really have a sound. And right. I think you know somebody had to like pull us together, sit us all down, and like we're gonna create a sound. The South had a sound, you know. Right. L.A. had a sound, even though L.A. sound was Detroit because they basically took funk and, and and George Clinton and all that. That you know, Dr. Dre. Took Detroit and just made it L.A., but <laughs> <laughs> it, it we didn't have a sound, and I think a lot of us, you know, sounded like other people that were already out, and that's kind of like a death nail, you know. So, right. you know, when you're 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 unique, that's what makes you better. So, I think the earlier first wave of rappers didn't really have a Detroit sound. We were sounding a little bit like L.A., a little bit like this, a little bit like that. So. That's what I think happened in the beginning, but it, it wouldn't have mattered because if money exchange hands, <laughs> that that sound gets pushed and people get massaged by it. The next thing you know, right. um, they're liking it. They're hearing it right. fifty million times a day. So, hey, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. You said the first wave and then like the second wave because it's some it's some stuff out there floating around. And like a lot of a lot of the young dudes, or even some people that's older, they kind of think Detroit hip hop started with with Rock Bottom and Street Lords right. because they made such an impact on the industry. But you said the first wave was like the young back in the eighties, you know, the yeah. Prince Vince and all that, Robert S and everybody. Yeah. So um, that transition, because early on. That's what I remember. People, it was like comparing it to New York or LA. But yeah. you're saying by that time when Blade and them came out, the Detroit sound had a unique sound to it. Yeah. Right? The production, yeah. the rhyme style, and everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I, and and I I truly believe you know everything evolves. So I just think that um, you know the earlier rappers they always got to make the way. And I I just think a lot of people don't learn the history, you know, like I know New York history, I can go all the way back to Cool Herc and all of them, you know, right. Russell and all of them and, and how rap came to be and, and blew up. And a lot of these young cats, they, they don't know. So it's like right. when you don't learn from your ancestors, learn from your history, you know, how you, you know, then the next thing you know, they, you know, Eminem was the, 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 the guy, everybody rapping like Eminem. No, no, no. It was way right. before Eminem. And Eminem will tell you, you know, Marshall will tell you, you know, he, he, I think he's like the real deal because he experienced a lot of the growing pains of rappers and the suffering that a lot of rappers had to do before he actually made it. Um, so, you know, he ain't no vanilla ice. I can tell you that, you know, he's a real yeah. deal. And, yeah. and a lot of people know that. You know, back then it was, it would have, you know, it was like, uh, there was only so many producers, um, so many managers, so many uh, lawyers. Um, it's just like, um, you know, at that time, you know, Duncan Hines was producing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a lot a lot of unity. Y'all guys was like superheroes. Like you had AWOL, DMW over here, but and they 
and everybody had their thing against breed or whatever it was going on at the time. But if it was more unity, I think it would have been a more of a, a, a sound then. I, yeah. mean, I think right. Even even when the hip hop shop came, when Jay Diller was able to produce so many people out of that the hip hop shop, he was able to to grasp what Duncan Hines was was doing. You know, Brian Piccolo, Brian Records, he was it was like a a template. I mean, just like y'all, y'all were like our first people pressing up records, man. Like that's that was so far fetched. Far it was like and got like damn, what is and got? Okay, what is archers? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I went in there and seen Easy E at at, at and got, you know, and I and yeah. I got it. You know, just to see you guys um, just taking a chance and the nostalgic part of Detroit hip hop history, it lies with you guys. It's just that's why we got this platform to kind of, you know, identify it a little more. You know what I'm saying? Because Yeah, basically, y'all y'all showed us that that era of hip hop in Detroit, y'all showed us that it could be done. Yeah. So it was like, all right, we may not be on the radio, but we can make videos we can have vinyl we can have cassettes some of our songs would get on the radio some of us our, our videos will be on a new dance show now we see it's possible so mm-hmm. we're not just saying y'all paved the way for the next artist y'all actually did it because before that nobody in detroit knew how to do it motown right? and, and we had motown <laughs> the issue with that was um, LA was an entertainment capital, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was easy for them to have the pieces together in New York. Well, hip hop started there, but they also had the entertainment. They had access to everything. Our here in Detroit, it was like we had Motown and we had the the R and B groups, but they wasn't embracing our music like that. It took right. a while for them to catch on and be like, "Oh, this can make money." So it was kind of like. Hip hop in Detroit was like little orphan kids running around <laughs> trying to figure it out. Yeah. We looking at the kids in New York that had parents, right? Yeah. And their parents were their hip hop elders that showed them the way and we just figured it out. And y'all really benefited. Y'all was a huge benefit to those people that came later on in the mid to late nineties that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, and, and, and just to touch on DJ Butter's uh, comment, I think a lot of the competition, um, everybody wanted to be the first to get up out of there. So <laughs> it was like, we're not helping nobody because we're trying to break it. And then when we break it, you know, then we can look back and 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 uh, reach back and get other groups. But the, I think the, the, the competition is what kept a lot of the early rappers from banding together because mm-hmm. everybody was trying to outdo one another. Um, right. I remember the AWOLs and the, and the D. Everybody hated Breed because Breed had this shit on the radio and <laughs> banging. And, and it was like, you know, it, it was almost like the MC Hammer effect. Because I remember when Hammer came out and a lot of people in the whole the international rappers, rappers, period, was like, ugh, you know, he's selling all them records, dancing. Right. And we've been in the studio for 40 hours putting these lyrics down and don't nobody want to hear. So a lot of it was jealousy. A lot of it was um, people trying to be outdo each other um people mm-hmm. trying to be the first to break out of there um and, and i think that's what kind of slowed us down when we could have all came together and and figured it out but 
you know. Right. And then you look at it, you say, uh, Soul Man from AWOL passed away, uh, yep. DJ Homicide, Bree. Yep. And and the support for their legacy is it's all it's all kind of the same. It's all kind of yeah, kind of quiet. You know. Well, just... here's the thing: when they when they had that big thing at the DUI, D, DUI, DIA, <laughs> not the DUI, <laughs> the DIA, and they had the you know the museum piece for the, yeah. for the rappers. I thought that was so dope, but it was just like this thirty years too late. You know, you all the love is now. You know, half of these people are not here anymore. So it's just like. You know what are we doing? It's it's like Detroit has always been the uh, we gonna wait until you you make it and then we gonna kind of support you type of thing. So, right. And then you hear in Atlanta how they you know selling selling records out the trunk, selling tapes out the trunk. You know Master P turned down Jimmy Iovine and, and did it on his own, and the rest is history. But you know here you try you know selling stuff out the trunk in Detroit you know they might rob you in the trunk so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's just fighting through bro that's all I used to see Blake Blake get hell trying to sell CDs yeah but it that you know it's just a, it's just it's a beauty to talk to you because I think the funeral has been became the family reunion we you know we yeah we got to give each other flowers now and I think the nostalgic part of Detroit culture is is waiting for some some corporate elite guy to just take it all and document it before B Boy Reds and I do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, let me let me ask you something. Did you ever go like out of town and perform that song or any of your music? Yeah, I actually went to Canada. We went to Ohio. Went down to Atlanta. Tried to do the Freaknik thing. We got locked out of that, but we tried to go down there and do that shit anyway. Um, so I've performed the song. Um, I actually had other songs on there that right. were supposed to come out. Um, but the head of the label got killed. So we were just like, ah, yeah. so, um, that was that, but yeah, that was just a, you know, I had a, a whole, you know, lineup of songs right. you know, to release. Uh, you know, I had a, a hot song that was supposed to come up after that, but never right. matriculated so you do a video for that song is it we did we did um uh with brian piccolo from uh uh cole medina and his, yeah. his girlfriend we we had shot one but it never it never went anywhere because we were gonna do the jukebox and then yeah. they got bought out and we were just like fuck and then wow. we tried to submit it to bet they wouldn't take it because it wasn't no money exchange so it yeah. was it was it just died on the vine died right. on the vine and you because at the time, yeah, I mean, I got the masters and everything. So, okay. Wow. Yeah, I uh, had to get the masters, so I, I was able to get the masters and stuff back because, like I said, I I was up on the, I read up on the business part. I just didn't get to the promotion and the marketing part. <laughs> so okay. So right. I, I was my, you know, I got ASCAP checks. Um, well, not ASCAP, but uh, BMI. I'm I'm published with them and and, and a writer with them. So I was getting all that stuff back then, and it was just like I was trying to show other rappers you know don't just make the record you know it's some residuals out here you know yeah. stuff, you know i was in the licensing and all of that stuff so yeah i mean it was it was ready you know we had the entertainment lawyer um and it was actually kid rock's lawyer at the time uh black guy uh what is his name uh, i can't think of it but um he was shopping us around um and it was cool but died on the vine uh, hey, Man. let me ask you this, because I always ask artists this: Are you still are you still rapping? No, nah, uh, after I put out actually 
probably five albums and then I did another couple of artists on my um other record label that I started myself. And okay. then I think 2011 is when I officially said, you know what? Uh, went yep. back to school, got a couple master's degrees, and now I'm just, you know, doing it. I still got my DJ equipment, though. You can right. see it in the background. I'll be wanting to come back because I'll be listening to some of this shit That's out here, and I'm man. like, I, I know damn well I can do, right. some, do something better than that. But, right. you know. I, I I didn't put it up. I'm I'm over fifty, so now I ain't about to be the old rapper in the club, like the old man in the club trying to talk to the baby. <laughs> hey, you you know what? You yeah. the reason I asked that because I'm I'm a fan of because you know growing up with hip hop, we didn't you know seeing a thirty or forty year old rapper back in the day was just out of the question. Yeah. But now that I'm older, because I'm about to be fifty, um. It's like we need somebody to talk to us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like it it's cool. I know you got some bars in your head somewhere. Oh so yeah. Oh, even if you don't do a whole song, just just do a drop a verse on somebody else stuff. We need to hear some grown man music out here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm like I could because man, trust me, I'd be tempted, but I'd just be like ah, and 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 the, and the fire be in my stomach, like man, come on, and, you know. But I'd be hey, thinking man. all kind of crazy shit. I just, I just, I'm like I'm gonna put it down because if I get back in it, it's like a drug. Yeah, if I get back in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, talk about uh, I see you got the vinyl and stuff back there, man. You yeah. see your uh. Your, your um, civilized vinyl on eBay for like I think it's like sixty something dollars, man. I know I got, I still got a fresh copy yeah, of that yeah. joint, man. Yeah. You know, talk about that, man. You still own copies of that stuff? You know, still own copies. I still have the ability to um, press actually press them up um, if I chose to. Um, but right now, is is everything is digital, but I could if I wanted to. Um, and it's it's cool to see, you know. I've been online and I've seen some of my um, works. Um, the highest I seen was thirty eight hundred dollars for uh, Mike Sinister. I changed my name to Mike Sinister, wow. and uh, I happened to see that shit for thirty eight hundred dollars. I'm like, wow. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. It's something <laughs> that That's people. Can, 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 hey, look! <laughs> I'm sitting over here like thirty eight hundred, boy. Where, where are we pressing it? <laughs> right, because I'm just like, wow, it's the cassette, and I got a box of them bitches. So I'm like, shit, I, they, they ain't even got to go for thirty eight. I sell it for twenty five. But it's just you know the the see the nostalgia, the to know that you know, there are people out there that actually you know know the words and have sung the song and remember it. You know that's that's some pretty cool shit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I I think a lot of a lot of Detroit artists don't don't understand their influence worldwide, yeah. and that people are actually looking for that early stuff. So that's why you're seeing the vinyl, and with the resurgence of vinyl coming out, and even cassettes now, people want that stuff. If they can get the original, that's fine. But if it's newly pressed. Maybe you have a limited edition, maybe a hundred copies only or something, yeah. where you autograph them and put them out there. Oh, Damn. but around the world they want it. So, yeah. um, if you ain't gonna write nothing new, man, put at least <laughs> <laughs> repress the old stuff because they, they want it. It's an audience for it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking for that old picture, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know if I got that picture anymore because I used to keep all that stuff. Um, yeah, I moved. I moved out to Las Vegas now. So yeah, you can you can redo that photo. 
Yeah, I can I can impose it right <laughs> off the album, but you know I won't do it. I won't do it. <laughs> Jeff, grab, grab your suit. And the limo might not be the same. It might get you an Escalade or something out there. <laughs> That's the coldest photo. Hey, uh, t talk about what you what you went to now. You said you done, you done graduated, uh, got masters and things like that. What what's what's up coming for you? What what you well, working? Well, the, the funny thing was, uh, I was in law enforcement for a minute. Now I'm a county investigator um, for out here in Clark County, um, Nevada. Okay. But other than that, um, I just sat my ass down. I'm like, let me go and get me a real check that's coming in every 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 week, every two weeks. So, mm -hmm. um, but that was a decision that I made. Um, and I basically made that decision when when digital started to actually infiltrate and the, the streams came out and all of that stuff. Um, you know, I'm sitting on a warehouse full of CDs and I'm like, this shit is about to be obsolete. So I went through that in the 80s with the records and the tapes and then they came out with the CDs. Then I caught up and got a bunch of CDs and they was like, ah, we ain't going to do that shit no more. We going digital. So um, I think one of my faults is, is the, to the adaption part of it. You know, I was a dinosaur, loved the old technology, loved to, you know, do it the old way, but you got to be thinking ahead, you know, to keep ahead. So spent a lot of money and I was just like, enough is enough. So right. my son is in, into the shit though. So he's doing oh, his man. thing. So I didn't let a lot of my um, uh, expertise into him. He's yeah. trying to get in there, but he ain't, he ain't uploaded nothing and putting nothing out. So I'm like, I can't help you after, I, you know, I you can do your studio thing, but until you upload and put it on the market, can't do nothing for you. Right. So, right. Yeah. Shout, shout out, shout out to son. What's his What's his name? Who you know? He's a he's like the the millionaire. Hey, he's speaking it into existence. <laughs> you want to call you whatever you want. I call myself the original MC Fresh. That shit sounds generic than a motherfucker. Nah, no, that's right. <laughs> So it is what it is. Hey, what's funny is when he going to be like, I ain't going to upload nothing, Dad. We about to drop some vinyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really. That's what we are. <laughs> and, and the vinyl, like like you said, the vinyl is is, uh, is is coming back, you know, especially around the DJ circuit. You know, they, everybody yeah, of course. They tried to get rid of the vinyl and bring them little funky little turntable discs. And, and <laughs> some DJs like that shit, but the true DJs, they want that vinyl. So <laughs> Right. And that's cool. You know, there's places that still that still do that, um, but very few. But there's still still some plants out there that that'll press it up. You know, they're making those digital vinyls so they can make regular vinyl as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, talk talk about uh your message uh, to Detroit culture, man. You you see that the rap culture has changed. You know, Eminem actually gave uh, Merciless and Mary Awesome Dre shoutouts. In the mm. Hall of Fame, um, you know, it's, it's good to see uh, Babyface Ray and Bezel and Peasy, all them guys are equally successful. You know, back then we just had Obi Trice, then it was bizarre. Yeah. I mean, uh, Big Sean and T Grizzly was just like in spurts. But yeah, you talk about you being like a pioneer of the game. You know, what what's your perception of everything? You know? Well, I think everything has has come full circle. I think these new artists, um, they're smarter. Um, they've learned from a lot of our mistakes, so they haven't repeated those same mistakes. Um, they, they've evolved as far as lyrically. Um, they got their own sounds now. Um, they don't necessarily sound like other people. Um, I remember Esham, you know, I used to kick it back with him. He had his own sound way back in the day. 
um, you know, and, and people was loving on that. And it just, he didn't get Detroit until like his eighth album. Then people really started to feel him. But it's like sometimes that's what it takes. I just think the culture has influenced these new guys and, and they're more intelligent now than what we were. So the things that we goofed up on and went left on, they know not to do. And they were able to apply that knowledge and, and apply it to their, their new styles and stuff. So I think that's the beauty of looking back at history is if you can understand where the, the previous predecessors made mistakes and then you take those mistakes and then turn them into lessons. Right, right, right. Now we we thank you for your time, the original MC Fresh up in here. <laughs> <For real. Civilized>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a sad, we man. we gonna hear you on somebody a feature on somebody, even man. if it's your son's song or something. Yeah. We gonna we gonna do a festival on how you come out and rock that song, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. no problem. No problem. No problem. For real, man. Thank you, MC Fresh, man. For real. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, Funky uh, Fresh yeah. in the Flesh with MC Fresh right there. Detroit <laughs> oh, Pioneer right there. Yes. Peace out. Peace out. All right. Peace out. <laughs> All right.